So the biggest risk for heat therapy is some people will experience pain from heat therapy. It's already inflamed, so adding heat to that just increases that inflammation, which can really make the area feel swollen and tight and have more discomfort. I'm Leon Guidry, and this is the Brother Be Well podcast, brought to you by Sutter Health and the Sacramento County Division of Behavioral Health Services through the voter-approved Proposition 63 Mental Health Services Act. We're going to help you level up and lean into effective solutions for mental health and sustainable wellness for boys and men of color. Hello, I'm Michael P. Coleman, Content Director for Brother Be Well. Physical pain is unavoidable. At some point over the course of our lives, we're going to be hurting. Pain management modalities are critical in ensuring a great quality of life, and unchecked pain can lead to a variety of mental health challenges, such as depression and anxiety. During this podcast, we're going to explore a method for managing and alleviating pain, heat therapy. And my partner in this conversation, and help me welcome her, Cherie Kreiner, registered nurse and vice president of the Capital City Black Nurses Association. Cherie, how are you doing? Welcome back. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Great topic, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get right into it, Cherie, if you don't mind. Let's acknowledge first that there are a few types of pain which occur when something hurts. Uh, causing an uncomfortable or unpleasant feeling. The presence of pain, though, I think, means something is wrong. So in my mind, Cherie, overall, that's a good thing. What do you think about that? Right. So pain protects us from ourselves, I always say. When something hurts, when you say, oh, when I move my leg like this, it hurts, it's telling you that there's something going on in that region of the body. So it is a kind of a signal, right, to, to pause and evaluate what's happening. So there may be an injury or swelling or inflammation or anything going on that can cause pain, but it's, it is, it's like our own little alert system to let us know that something's going on here. Be careful. Don't overdo it. What's the difference then between, given that, between acute pain and chronic pain? Can you differentiate between those two for us? Absolutely. Acute pain is Right now, something just happened. I had a fall. I had a car accident. I'm at the height of my injury, right? Just got hurt. The pain is severe. It's expected to be for a short amount of time and will likely get better very quickly. Acute pain can be from injury. Acute pain can be from surgery. Um, Acute pain can be from um, um, any type of fast, quick thinking like, you know, this just happened to me and now I'm having some pain um, that'll likely get better. Chronic pain is long-term. Chronic pain could start to be acute, right? It could start being acute and then transition to chronic after a long time. So for instance, let's say you have a surgery and you have pain after that surgery. Let's say there's long-term impact to your body. Then that turns into chronic pain. And so that you think chronic meaning a long time or it continues. Some people have pain for years. Some people have pain their whole lives. Some people, if you think about athletes, um, can have pain three to six months while they're recovering from either an injury or a lot of um, exercise. So chronic is long, acute is short. Got it. Got it. What, what are some of the effects focusing on chronic pain, Cherie? What are some of the effects on the body that we might see with, with, if, with someone with chronic pain? So chronic pain not only can impact your body, right? Like if something hurts to do, you may avoid doing it, which can cause the use of that area to atrophy, 
or shrink down. And so it de- can possibly decrease your function because you're avoiding it. Or as, you know, my mom used to say when I was little, if, if I got hurt, you say, don't baby it, go, you know, go walk, don't baby it. Um, so some people will do that. You'll guard the area to prevent the pain from happening and decrease mobility. It also has an impact on your mental health because anytime pain is right there at the front of your thoughts, it impacts your ability to concentrate. It can impact your ability to feel happy or fulfilled or do things. It can prevent you from doing things. And that's really difficult, right? So you can't do what you want to do. That can make you sad or even depressed. You can be anxious about pain. If you know something you're going to do may cause pain, you may worry about it. So there's a mental and physical piece where that especially chronic pain comes into play because you know, it's always there, tap it on your shoulder and interferes with every aspect of your life. I, I can relate. I've got lived experience, um, uh, if you will, with chronic pain. I, I suffer from pain uh, every day of my life and I've learned to manage it. I'm wondering, um, Cherie, whether or not I know you've treated patients with with chronic pain and maybe even the emotional symptoms of that. But I'm wondering if you've got personal experience with chronic pain. Oh, absolutely. You know, I actually had a really bad accident when I was 19 years old. I'm at a fall from a, um, from a tall ladder and like tore all the muscles in my back. And, um, it was severe. My acute pain was severe. My chronic pain has been lifelong. Um, and then on top of that, I became a nurse where I'm standing up and pushing and moving people around and doing stuff for 12 hours a day. Um, it is difficult to overcome, but what I found out Michael, is that long term, I had to figure out what to do, like you said, to cope with it. I had to figure out what types of things like heat therapy and core exercises and um, cold therapy, things that made the pain better that I could do. Because, you know, there's pain medication out there, but that comes with its own risks and uh, and complications. So you kind of have to figure out what works for you because I remember being depressed, you know, 19 years old and here I am almost debilitated for a year. So it was a a really rough time for me. And then, you know, fast forward to having kids and that impact on my back, I didn't even anticipate that I would have a new layer of pain because of that. So that was a surprise as well. And it does, it stops you in your tracks and it, you know, interrupts your life and everything that you have going on. It's tough to deal with. And you're so right, uh, Cherie, about uh, medications that have their own risk. Just really briefly with my foot, I have a foot injury. I was ultimately diagnosed as um, arthritis in one of my feet. And it. Uh, I'm, I'm learning that it's probably uh, a response to, to chronic stress. So that's a whole different topic that we will address here at, at Brother Be Well. Go to brotherbewell.com if you want to read about all of that or hear about all of that. But for me, I had an early doctor, and I don't remember the name of it, Cherie, but he prescribed a painkiller that just knocked it out in 15 minutes. I would take that, and I could have run a marathon on that right foot. And didn't it didn't occur to me that this was a potentially addictive narcotic. Changed doctor, Cherie, and wound up, the minute he saw what I was taking, that man's face went white, and he said, how long have you been taking it? You got to get off of that right now. And I would have absolutely been one of those people addicted to uh, a narcotic painkiller had I not listened to that new doctor. So it can be, we've got to pay attention to pain. You got to address it. 
And you got to know what you're doing in your body. I like how you talked about finding out what works for you. I've now found systems that work for me. Let's talk about uh, heat therapy. That's what we're really here to talk about. Um, um, our fearless leader at Brother Be Well, Christine Smith, uh, has some personal experience here. So that's what got me all fired up about this. Can you talk about what exactly heat therapy for pain is, Sheree? Right. So heat therapy for pain or uh, thermal therapy is exactly what it sounds like. It's applying heat um, as a measure to relieve pain. And when used appropriately and for the right type of pain, it can be very beneficial. And it's it's pretty low risk, right? Um, in fact, I always tell my patients when I'm talking about heat therapy, I use the word warm. I never say hot. So a warm compress because you know, the largest risk is too warm, too much heat um, can cause damage to the tissues or the skin or the the affected area. And then also um, the duration, right? So heat therapy is not is meant to be applied in 20 minute or less increments at mm. a time. Um, so heat therapy is exactly how it sounds. It's using um, warm heat in different modalities to provide therapy or pain relief. This isn't a question I plan to ask you, but just as you talked about that, I will, Cherie, would, would a nice soak in a hot tub, a spa, be considered heat therapy? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you get heat therapy, how it works is it actually brings blood that circulates in that area, which can relax muscles and joints and, and cause you know relief from tight, sore, achy parts of your body. Heat therapy is mostly indicated for chronic pain and not so much acute because it kind of has the opposite effect of ice therapy or what you would want in acute injury. You fall down right away, you get an injury, you have inflammation, right? Those vessels are full, blood going to the area to try to fix it. Um, that's when you would use ice, right? Because you want to calm down the inflammation. So heat therapy is for chronic pain. And it can come in the form, like you said, a hot bath, a warm compress. A compress. Some people use uh, heating pads, whatever, or those little over-the-counter things. Like they have all kinds of ways to provide heat therapy. But it's such a quick, cheap to no-cost intervention. It's a great way to soothe and relieve those aches and pains. You've done a fabulous job, as you always do, Cherie, of talking about those sprains, strains. Um, um, muscle inflammation. Um, I'm assuming spasms are included there where heat therapy can help out. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. That then leads me to my, my, my next question. When shouldn't we use heat therapy? When's it not? You touched on a couple just now, but could you elaborate on the times we should absolutely not be applying heat to, to an area that hurts? Absolutely. Usually, Heat therapy is not appropriate for acute pain or right at the onset of an injury. Um, heat therapy is not, it should not be used in areas where there's open skin, sores, wounds, things like that. You don't want to cause um, an issue to tissue that may already be compromised. Um, and then especially like postoperatively, other than if indicated by your provider, so surgical openings, wounds, things like that. Um, you want to make sure to avoid that. So acute pain, right in that immediate phase. Um, some Sometimes providers will suggest both where you can alternate warm and cold, but it's because with acute pain, 
you don't want too much inflammation because you're trying to actually decrease inflammation at that phase of being um, of dealing with pain. So those are the times where you don't want to use um, heat therapy if the skin is compromised in that area, if there's a wound, if it's an acute right now injury. Um, and then if you have any sensory deficits, so if you are diabetic and you have neuropathy where you don't feel sensations in an area, you have to be really careful with heat therapy because if that warm compress or heating pad or other device is too hot and you don't have the ability to sense that, you can cause burns or injury to the skin. That's really important information. I'm sure you said, I appreciate you sharing that. Everybody should be thinking about that. And um, you're, you touched on it a second ago, but as we wrap up, we're going to talk about the importance of checking in with a medical provider. That's always critical here. Uh, when we, uh, you know, I don't want anyone, we don't want anyone listening to, to listen to what we're saying and move forward with something without checking in with a, a doctor or other medical provider. We'll get to that one in a second. I think you touched on it already, Sheree, but I'm going to ask, what's the typical duration of a heat therapy pain management session? I think you said about 20 minutes, but I might have made that up. Did, right. did you just mention that? Yeah. Right. I did. So 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off. So if you find that heat therapy is, you know, works for you. 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off, and you can alternate that throughout the day. Um, if that's helpful, you can take a hot bath. You, if, you, if you're sitting in there longer than 20 minutes, it's probably cooled off anyway, but if, if that's relaxing to you, um, because you are opening up those vessels, bringing blood to that area, you just want to be careful not to cause so much inflammation in the area that it starts to have, you know, negative impacts or, or cause pain, Right. So yeah. you want to just use it in moderation, but um, no longer than 20 minutes at a time. And then take a break for 20 minutes and you can go back in. I'm going to try based on what you said. Like uh, with my foot, I learned that, that heat absolutely helps. Cold does not. So even in the winter months, when it gets a little cooler, I notice when I take my walks, I prefer to be on a bike in the cold weather because I don't have that pounding, that impact on the ground, no matter what kind of shoe I've got on. So you just got to pay attention to your body and see what works for you. Uh, but with regard right. to the soaking, I'm going to try that 20 minute soak and see how that goes when it really starts to flare up. Let's talk about before we, we we run out of time and we never seem to have quite enough time, Cherie, when we're talking about one of these topics at Brother Be Well. Let's talk about some convenient heat therapy tools. I've learned that microwavable neck or body warmers, for instance, I'm, I'm told that they're filled with you can fill them with corn or rice. I was just scratching my head on this. They conform to the shape of the area that's impacted. Are you aware of any other heat therapy tools that someone could think about looking into if they're if they're treating a condition that they have? Right. So they sell all all types of stuff over the counter now that are really convenient. You can use things around the house, like like you said that. Um, in fact, when people get injuries, you see on movies when they're using you know the bag of peas for the black eye and things like that. But you mm -hmm. can so things that can hold the temperature that you're looking for. A, a, a towel that you can warm up um, in hot water or um, or um, microwave for a couple of seconds and then put that towel into another, um, you know, to have a barrier to keep the moisture away from the skin. Um, there's stuff around your house. Heating pads are still my, you know, tried and true. I keep a heating pad. Um, they have hot water bags that you can get over the counter where you can pour hot water into them and they hold the temperature and then you can set that on an area. 
So things that conform to the spot are always great because you're getting all that contact and warmth in that area. Um, and just be mindful of the time while you're using it. But they, and you know, thank goodness for the internet now. Where was the internet all my life, Mike? <laughs> you can look up anything now. <laughs> Someone's figured out um, a great way to do it. And as long as you're being safe, the temperature is warm to the touch, not hot. You're adhering to the 20 minutes or less at a time. I say use your imagination imagination, and use what's around your home, too, even before you may resort to go buy something. Mm-hmm. I prefer I prefer my heating pad. And then I agree with you, those, those gels and things like that that they make now, they actually make some that go both ways that are um, can be warm to use for heat therapy and can also be placed in the freezer for um, for cold therapy. So there's all kinds of great products out there. I, I would say use what's best for you um, and it doesn't have to break the bank. So that's mm. good news. It is, it's great news. I'm going to look into some of those tools myself. I, when you mentioned things around the, the house, it, I kind of chuckled, Cherie. I keep a bag of um, frozen peas in my freezer. Now, mind you, I detest peas. That's not my favorite vegetable. I would almost <laughs> never eat it. So I, but I keep a bag in the freezer. That bag has to be probably 10 years old now. And when one of my kids saw it recently, she said, dad, what? I didn't think you ate these. I said, I don't. That's my ice pack. If I overdo it on the bike or something, I grab that. Um, so it, it, you can be creative and have a little fun with it. Um, and, and as you said, look for something that fits your budget. And, you know, we've, we've got most of us have those kind of things around the house. So we can use them as well. You've talked about a couple of the risks already of heat therapy. You want to watch that that temperature. You don't want to do damage to the. You want to. I loved what you said about creating a barrier. I hadn't thought about that. You heat a towel up in the microwave. You want to put it in a maybe a ziplock bag or something to keep that moisture from the skin. What are some of the other risks that you can think of of employing heat therapy? Right. So the biggest risk for heat therapy is. Uh, burn right causing damage to the skin and then the other is you are somewhat causing like an inflammation response right you're having blood and all that cell cellular fluid rushing to the area so if you already have an injury some people will experience pain from heat therapy um, if it's an acute injury so just be mindful that when injuries are new or a pain is new in that acute phase um, it's already inflamed so adding heat to that just increases that inflammation, which can really make the area feel swollen and tight and have more discomfort. So really making sure that you're out of that initial um, phase of injury or pain, and it's more of a chronic pain. Um, Heat therapy is indicated for the chronic pain. It's not really indicated for acute pain. So being mindful of the timing so that you're not increasing inflammation and swelling and pain um, in a new injury or uh, pain situation. Really, really critical and important. Thank you, Cherie. Um, my final question for you as we wrap up, and I'm smiling here as well. Uh, we at Brother Well were in a, a video production a couple of days ago, and we had to get to the what I call the Cherie Kreiner uh, uh, message. You were the first of the folks I had worked with to really almost stop the production to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Everybody should be talking to their own healthcare provider. So I almost always include that when we're talking about one of these topics. I'm honored to be with you. I don't have to do the Sheree Kreiner message myself. I can let Sheree Kreiner take it away, Sheree. <laughs> Why is it so important that we listen to everything you had to say for sure, but before you move forward, who are you checking in with and why? 
always check in with your primary care provider. Uh, you don't want to do anything that is contraindicated to any treatment that you have going on or that could cause you any harm. And sometimes something that's even as simple and seemingly harmless as heat therapy can cause other issues for you. So you want to make sure that everything goes well together with what you're currently doing, that you're not at risk. You may need to know if you're in the acute pain phase or if you're in the chronic uh, pain phase, your primary care provider helps you navigate that piece of it so that you're doing the very best thing for you at that time. You'd hate to cause more problems instead of actually fixing it. So it's always good. And they may say, yep, that's a great idea. Go forward with it. No harm, no foul. Perfect. At least you make sure there's nothing that contraindicates doing heat therapy. So it's always a good place. And the more you talk to your primary care provider, the more they know you and they're able to help you navigate these things more quickly. They don't have to figure it out. So it's a good person um, or persons, depending on your care team, to always talk to so that they're making the best, most informed decisions for you and they're giving you the best information for you. Really appreciate all of that information. Uh, Cherie, when you talk about giving you the best information, you're one of the people I always think about. So thank you for your time and being willing to talk to us. Cherie Kreiner, registered nurse and uh, vice president of the Capital City Black Nurses Association. Thank you so much, Cherie. Thank you so much. This was great. It, it has been great. I, I get to go. I'm going to go replace that bag of peas in my freezer. I, now that I think about it, 10 years might be too long <laughs> to keep a bag of peas. <laughs> so I'm going to run over to the grocery store and replace that. But as we move into those warm months, I'm prone to overdoing things. So I'd like to have something ready to go if I sprain something. So you've reminded me Absolutely. to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Cherie. Thank you. And thank you for listening into this podcast. If you've heard anything that intrigues you and you want to hear a little bit more from either a member of the Capital City Black Nurses Association on the physical side or any one of a number of the mental health clinicians that we have as partners here at Brother Be Well, go to our website, brotherbewell.com. That's brotherbewell.com. You can find um, audio podcasts just like this one, videos as well compelling print pieces, all kinds of resources to help you on your own journey. We want you to all be, we want you, frankly, you listening to be healthier and we want you to be well. So that's what we're all about, brotherbewell.com. My name is Michael P. Coleman and I'm content director for Brother Be Well, encouraging you to do two things. Take care of yourself. We're trying to help you do that. Once you get up on your feet and you got that down, reach out to somebody you know and help take care of them as well. Till next time, bye-bye, God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Brother Be Well podcast. Remember to join the BBW community at brotherbewell.com so we can stay aware and heal trauma together. Thanks also to our sponsors, Sutter Health and the Sacramento County Division of Behavioral Health Services through the voter-approved Proposition 63 Mental Health Services Act. I'm Leon Guidry, and I'm out.